Hey there friends, Jay Revel here. Welcome to another edition of Mid-Am Crisis. I sure am glad to have you listening in today. As always, we have got a great conversation teed up for you today with my good friend Jim Sitar. He is the publisher, uh, founder of a wonderful new golf company called Back Nine Press. They are on a mission to publish golf stories that they believe the game deserves uh, and I am very fortunate to know him and work with him uh, on my new book, uh, oddly enough. You might have heard me mention Back Nine Press um, a few episodes earlier when my friend Jim Hartzell was on talking about his book, The Secret Home of Golf, which is the official history of Sweden's Cove Golf Club, which is a uh, hot-selling item over there at backninepress.com. would highly encourage you to go get a copy of that again. Uh, and uh, Jim... Sitar and I have had this wonderful time uh, through the summer, through the publishing of Jim Hartzell's book. We've been in pre-production working on my book. Uh, It's called Swing, Walk, Repeat, uh, Observations from a Lifelong Golf Obsession. And uh, we'll dive into it during the episode, but just to give you the, the preview, my book is a collection of roughly 230 uh, love letters to the game of golf, these uh, miniature essays uh, were all written during the year 2020, uh, at the height of the pandemic, when, uh, as you can imagine, golf became a pretty important um, uh, escape, if you will, uh, for a lot of us. Uh, it was particularly important for me. Uh, it, it got me through a, uh, some pretty some pretty trying times, um, and I just fell in love with the game at a, a level that um, maybe I had never even thought I could find, uh, and that's saying a lot considering how much I love golf. Uh, anywho, uh, the book is out for pre-order now at backninepress.com. You'll see it on there. Uh, I hope you will go and pick up a copy. Uh, for those who have read my first book, uh, The Nine Virtues of Golf, I think you will find this very much in the same uh, spirit. Uh, and again, that's something that we're really proud of. We put a lot of hard work into it. It's got some really cool design elements. My friend Dave Baisden, who's uh, an incredible uh, golf artist who's been on the show before, uh, provided some really, really cool illustrations throughout the book. Uh, but it's like I said, it's available for pre-order. We're trying to get those out, uh, assuming we don't have any publishing delays. As you can imagine, the world's a little tied up these days in supply chains. Got to watch those choke points. Uh, but uh, we're trying to get it out and get it to you before Christmas. We think we'll be able to get pretty close on that, uh, and hope you will go and check it out at backninepress.com, give it an order. So today for our discussion, Jim and I, we talked about his background, what it's like founding a golf publishing company uh, in the world today, how all things COVID have affected that, what it's like having a great book like Jim Hartzell's book out and publishing something as unique as that one. Uh, and the process that we've been going through for the last few months, uh, taking my manuscript and turning it into this really cool hardcover book that, uh, again, is available for pre-order now at backninepress.com. So, uh, again, I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. Jim is just a, a, a wonderful guy. Uh, he's based out of Chicago. We met through uh, the New Club Golf Society. If you're not following what they're doing, Matt Considine and those guys, uh, really, really cool group. Just spreading the golf gospel all over the country, which we love to see. Uh, and that's how Jim and I got hooked up, actually talking uh, one night at their book club, which was really cool. 
And anyway, we get into all that in our discussion. I think you're going to dig it. Um, so stay tuned for that. But before we jump in, as always, I want to make a couple of points about my friends at Imagine Golf. If you haven't gone and downloaded the Imagine Golf app, uh, I just cannot stress to you enough, this is one of those things that will really change how you play golf. Uh, I don't throw that around very often. I'm not always a believer in some of the latest gimmicks when it comes to you know, golf instruction. But this is different. Um, Imagine Golf is the number one app for the mental game. It's been downloaded over 300,000 times uh, here in the United States, and golfers are raving about it. They uh, have got thousands of five-star reviews in the App Store, in the App Store, because what they do is they provide you a window, three minutes a day, where you can listen through their app to these mental game golf lessons. And what it does is it sharpens how you think, both on and off the course. And I can tell you, as a dad, uh, two kids uh, with a newborn, uh, running a company, which actually this year is my one-year anniversary, proud to say, uh, I don't have time to practice. I barely have time to play. And so for me to get better, for me to improve, I have to sort of find a workaround, find a hack. And Imagine Golf has been that. I, I get to listen to these lessons every day, three minutes a day, and my thinking on the course has gone from pretty good to excellent. I've never been a better course manager. I've never found a way to be, find more confidence in what I'm trying to do. I have a plan for every time I come to the golf course, for every stroke that I take, and I have a great way to recap every round when I'm done. That's what Imagine Golf will do for you folks. And again, if you haven't downloaded the app, and check it out. I cannot recommend that enough to you. So please go do that. And thank you to Imagine Golf for supporting the show. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Jim Sitar, who's the founder of Back Nine Press, also the publisher of my new book, Swing Walk Repeat, available for pre-order now at backninepress.com. Enjoy the conversation. I hope you'll pick up the book and keep your eye out for Back Nine Press. They're going to be putting out a lot of really cool books uh, for golf lovers here in the not-too-distant future. Jim. Hey, how's it going, Jay? It's great, man. How's things in Chicago? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Got a, got a pretty pretty hot streak going on right now. It's about 80 degrees out uh, late September. <laughs> Uh, that's what we call fall down here in Florida. That sounds lovely. Uh, <laughs> a little warm here today, but we're uh, we've been flirting with some nice cool temperatures. I've busted out the sweater vest a few times, uh, so uh, that's always a, a a good feeling. But uh, I know golf gets really pretty for y'all up there uh, this time of year. But there's a double-edged sword because there's this other thing called winter coming on the hills. True, true. And when we lose all the uh, leaves off the trees, we could probably uh, hit the ball through the tree a little bit better, but then we can't find the ball on the ground because there's too many leaves. Yeah. So yeah, that's a that hasn't story. happened just yet. Yeah, no doubt. Um, well, I'm so glad we got a chance to, to catch up today. Uh, you and I have spent a lot of time talking through various channels. Um, uh, really, I don't know, the last six or eight months really ramped up um, of late with um, production of my new book, uh, Swing Walk Repeat, which uh, – we'll talk a lot about, but 
you know, maybe for those who've, who've never heard your name or, or aren't familiar yet, um, uh, yet being the keyword with back nine press, um, give me the, 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 the background story on, on how you got into the world of golf publishing. Yeah, sure. Uh, I appreciate the opportunity to, um, you know, I've, I'm an editor. I've, I've been working as an editor for over 20 years, um, mostly with nonprofits and associations um, and still doing that work, by the way. So, um, you know, I've been thinking for a number of years about ways that I can contribute to the golf space. And I've done that in, in some ways. You know, I, I started an Instagram account called uh, Golf Clubhouses and um, do a little work on something called Golf Junk Drawer, which is just a fun way really to meet people and, and to, you know, kind of add something to, you know, social media. Um, but with publishing, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot bigger. It's a, it's a much heavier lift, uh, but it's something that I've been doing in a professional context for so long that I found, you know, this opportunity um, founding Back Nine Press last year and, and working on uh, the first two books as an opportunity to really marry the, the two things I've been really passionate about for, you know, for decades, you know, and that's, that's publishing, that's, that's literature and, and books and, and, and good writing. Um, but also my love of golf, you know, and, and what I kind of know about the, the world of, of golf publishing, you know, magazines, essays, and books, and just kind of thinking that there's a, there's a real opportunity um, to add more to that and, and kind of a lot of room for, you know, other kinds of stories that, that don't really get to be told in, in book form. Yeah, I think that's a, a, a great point. You know, publishing in general, um, you know, there, there's kind of, it seems like there's really two worlds, right? You have the sort of, you know, small ball self-publishing world, which can be very lucrative. Um, and then you also have, you know, the big mainstream publishers. Um, and, and certainly they, uh, dive into different niches, but, you know, golf is a, you know, uber niche. And once you kind of get past uh, the mainstream, I think, you know, if you're someone wanting to tell golf stories um, in the written form uh, and in a, a, a you know, a, a physical book form, um, there's just a lot of hills to climb. Um, and, you know, we, it's an interesting world too, you know, it's never been easier to be published, but it's maybe never been harder to be um, noticed, right? I mean, it's just kind of a, an interesting uh, dichotomy there. So, you know, when you decide to go out and found Back Nine Press, <laughs> then what, right? You know, you can, then you got to go find some books to put out in the world. Uh, how, how's that process been for you? Well, it's been great, you know, and just to kind of go back uh, to what you're saying about, you know, the publishing world, you know, Visibly, I think a lot of people can name five or six different publishing companies. And those are like the big kind of New York ones, you know, your Simon and Schuster's and Random Houses and, you know, the, the people that publish Harry Potter and everything. And, you know, those, those presses really have very little time or space or interest in, in golf. Um, there's, you know, one or two, maybe, you know, living writers that might have an opportunity to, to publish a book with, you know, one of those publishers and 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 that's a wonderful thing you know um but most publishers are are they don't really know how to 
they don't really know the golfing world and they don't know how to market a book for for golfers and and they aren't interested in books that might sell less than you know a hundred thousand copies right so that puts you know um the opportunities really in the hands of smaller publishers you know and and most small presses um are really they you know that they're really small they have staff of of four five three one people um so most small presses um are doing you know a lot of the work of of the publishing world they're just you know they're less visible and so it, it's certainly not self-publishing in this case um you know i've been very interested in um being an editor to to writers who think i can i can help but also you know writers that i really believe in um, and that's where you come in and that's where Jim Hartzell comes in. Um, I, I know that, you know, the two of you have been, have been writing a lot and there's just, there's fewer opportunities uh, to get your writing out in book form with the traditional uh, publishers that already exist in New York and, and, and the others that just don't really make a space for golf and don't really understand that, that community and aren't really embedded in it, you know? And so I thought, well, I don't know. I like I'm a I'm a golfer. I, I know people in the golf world, and and uh, I'm close to you and Jim. And I, you know, I know how to do this stuff. I know how to take a manuscript, uh, and and turn it into like a real published book, um, a physical book. So, you know, it's an opportunity for, you know, for me to help writers that I believe in, and 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 you know, an opportunity for me to apply some, some editing skills and and um, you know, and promotion on my part as well. You know, you mentioned Jim's book. Uh, I've uh, got it right here on my desk. Been been reading it. Uh, had him on the show a few weeks ago. Talked a great conversation. I mean, he's one of my just favorite people to talk golf with, and I think a lot of people would agree with that. Um, how did you How did you get um, his book? I, what was the process for him? You know, when you how did How did the two of y'all first get hooked up and start moving moving that through um, the publishing process? Sure. Well, you know, Jim and I have been friends for, for a while. We met at Sweetens Cove actually um, about three years ago at uh, one of the early ringers. Um, and um, we just, we just hit it off. You know, we, we realized we had a, a real shared love of, of golf books and, and golf writing and um, a very similar taste in literature and, um, so we just kind of hit it off that way and, and, and always stayed in touch. And I knew he had been working on the book for a long time. And um, we, were, we were talking uh, about it uh, six months ago or so, maybe longer, has to be longer than that, um, about where he was with the book, you know? And, and I was interested in, in excerpting it for um, the New Club Golf Society blog, which I also run and, you know, and edit for, for New Club. And, um, Jim was gracious enough to share a, um, a chapter of the book with me. And, you know, I, I was just blown away by, by the quality of the writing, you know, um, he's such a talented, engaging writer. Um, he's worked so hard on the book. There, I mean, there's so much research, so many hours of interviews that have gone into the book, um, that it just, it just shows through his writing. And, um, I'm just really excited about it. And I, you know, I was asking him where, where the book was and, you know, he, we, we just found that it, would, it might be something that we could work together on. So it just, it just kind of happened naturally over time. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, and, and you nailed it on his, 
on his writing talents. Um, been, been cool to see that um, come to life and, you know, find a, a space in the golf world. You know, you talk about the ringer. That's where Jim Hartzell and I first met was at the initial ringer, you know, getting out of the car about the same time and started talking some golf. I, there, there's, it, it's pretty incredible. You know, you think about social media, golf, Twitter, you know, all of these different channels that have just, you know, really brought a lot of kindred spirits together um, over the web and, and oftentimes now in person, things like new club, you know, are really possible because of, um, you know, places like that where we can all come together. Um, it, it breeds, I think, the perfect opportunity for um, an organization, a company like Back Nine Press to even exist, right? I mean, you, you can find that market for those who are looking to read maybe what you, you might have thought of as an obscure golf book or, or, or just one that's maybe a, a meant for a smaller audience, um, I mean, how important is all that to just the, your ability to, you know, exist as a, a publishing house? Yeah, I didn't really know it uh, for the last 15 years, but apparently I've been doing some very informal market research, just, just being a <laughs> golfer and being around other golfers and talking to them about, you know, what, what the game means to them and, and, uh, and having my own experiences and, you know, I'm reading a lot of golf books and I mean, I, I started the press because I, I believe there's, you know, there's room for more golf books about the way we actually play golf, right? Like the, the 99% of us that aren't pros that, uh, that just play for fun, um, get an opportunity to get out there, um, you know, and explore what we get back from the game and what, what the game really means to us. You know, I don't, I just, I don't see a, a lot of books like that, you know, and it's a lot of books about Hogan and, and Tiger and some U S open from a hundred years ago. And I, I mean, I like those books too. Um, but like, I, I, I thought that no one's really publishing books now about the way that we experience golf and, and the role that it has in our lives. And, um, you know, I, I love golf history, um, as many other people do. Um, but I think there's an opportunity to talk about, you know, the more forgotten people in the game, uh, people like Marion Hollins and Althea Gibson and Charlie Sifford and some stories that just haven't been told, right? Whether we're talking about golf history or, or we're talking about professional golf or we're talking about golf courses, you know, I, I mean, there's plenty of club histories, right? But a lot of those club histories are, are, are written about, you know, the, the most prestigious or elite country clubs in our in our country and those have a lot of history um, those have archives and and um, stories of national championships being played there but you know but what about the smaller clubs you know and and what about places like Sweetens you know I, I think that the story that the story of Sweetens is, is, is maybe the the most compelling story about building a golf course in the last 40 years and um it needs to be told, you know, and I, I saw that there was an opportunity there. And so that's what I'm really looking for is a way to kind of complement like what else is going on with golf books um, and not to duplicate it, you know, not to, not to publish another book about Tiger Woods. Yeah. So, so what's that, what's the, the sales process, the, the printing process, these, these, you know, <laughs> can be very, uh, uh, you know, toiling <laughs> processes that you have to go through uh, to bring these, you know, products to market. What, what's that like in the world today for a, you know, startup independent publisher? 
it's a lot of work and I knew it was going to be a lot of work, but, you know, doing it all, you know, a, a team of one or two, it's, it's really tough. And, uh, it's a lot of long nights and weekends. Um, I'm grateful for everyone that I've worked with and that has helped me out. Um, but you know, small presses have to do the work that, that large presses do, you know, it's, it's finding authors, it's, it's working with them um, on manuscripts and uh, edits and copy edits and hiring designers uh, for, the, for the cover, for the inside of the book, uh, typesetters for the text to kind of get the manuscript into book form. You know, got to think about illustrations, got to think about photos, um, you know, reviewing and approving designs, um, negotiating with printers, dealing with printers, nagging printers, um, managing the shipping and, and the receiving of, of books. Um, on top of all those other things that we do too, like with marketing and promotion, um, order fulfillment, um, and podcast appearances <laughs> are really important as well. It's a lot of work, but you know, what, what is important to me is that, you know, there, I have a real passion that's fueling all of this. You know, when, when I have to shift gears in my day from, from my day job into, you know, working on this small press, um, I'm reinvigorated. You know, I'm, I'm energized to do the work. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I've been thinking about it when I have a chance. Right. And, um, and that's been the real guiding light. That's the way that, you know, this work gets done is because I, I, I really want to do it. Um, and so it's, you know, it's a lot of work. Um, it's, it's not for the meek, but um, it's something that, you know, that means that, you know, I only take on books that I really, really believe in. You know, the, the work that you're doing and that Jim Hartzell, you know, is doing, um, you have to care um, and believe so much in the book that that continues to fuel the work from, you know, the very early days into when the book is well after the book is actually published. You know, all those things you just said are exactly why I wanted to work with you. So the, the return serve question there would be, what in the world did you see that made you want to work with me? <laughs> well, yeah, no, I mean, when um, I think I hosted a, a conversation with you for, for a book club and, and you mentioned in that book club that you were working on a new book. Um, we, were, we were talking about your, your first first book, The Nine Virtues of Golf. And uh, I really enjoyed that one. And, and when you said that you were working on a new manuscript and you're telling me a little, a little bit about, you know, the, the focus of it and, and how it kind of came to be, I, I, I was really excited to, to have a look. Um, so I remember asking you for a sample of it and, and I was totally blown away. You know, I, it's so accessible, it's, it's relatable, uh, it's really well-written, uh, short, digestible, essays you know about 300 words long you know like a like a printed page in a book and uh, I mean I'm biased but I mean I think it's your best work yet you know so I, I remember asking you if, you know if you had a publisher if you're interested in, in working together you know for me to edit and, and publish it for you and you know, it just kind of took off from there you know I first of all thank you um that means a lot I I think I've looked at, you know, a lot of these words so many times, you know, you and I pinging back and forth late at night. Um, you know, it's almost like at a certain point you look at it so much, you're like, I don't know if this is any good or not. You know what I mean? Like I, you just, you've seen it, you've read these things over and over again and you've tweaked them and edited them and, and 
you kind of get a little, you know, I don't know, burned out on that, I guess. And, you know, for me, I, you know, having a, a one month old baby at home now, you know, kind of at the, you know, we, we basically birthed the baby in a book <laughs> simultaneously. So that's been, been an interesting journey, but um, you know, that me that all just means the world to me because I've always tried to write, you know, about uh, the way in which I play the game every day. Um, and it's, it, I, I've always told, told people it's not for everyone, but it, if you're someone who's, you know, deeply in love with golf and you tend to, um, you know, get pretty excited walking around with friends and family and uh, enjoying uh, early morning sunrises and obscure places or long evening shadows uh, at your home course, you know, where you can kind of, you know, get into the meditative side of the game um and 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 how relationships can flourish in golf you know you probably will like some of it um and and that's what I've always tried to share and I, I just I can't thank you enough for you know giving me some encouragement and some opportunity to to do it with you in, in back nine press I think it's been a a wonderful fit so far well yeah yeah it's been a pleasure working and and uh yeah i'm i'm, I'm sorry for all the late night text messages <laughs> where you're like where is this, this guy ever stop uh you know but uh you know we're kind of at that stage with the book where you know we're we're, we're close to getting it out and uh you know getting it to the printer i should say and 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 that's a big milestone and and always requires you know more things than you than you ever expect but you know it, it was a joy editing your writing as well i believe everyone needs an editor um editors yeah. need editors <laughs> as well um but you know it was a really light edit you know because you you really had it already um you you know your audience um through the years of of writing you've done on your blog and and through your first book and you've really established that that voice you know and and i think your commitment to to writing so so regularly, you know, on a nearly daily basis throughout the pandemic, um, you know, which resulted in these essays for the book, you know, it really shows a, a continuity there. And, um, but still like the, the range of the essays is what I was really drawn to as well. You know, there's over 200 essays in this book. It's a big book, um, but all the different topics that you approach, you know, from, again, like I think a very accessible, um, very relatable, um, you know, angle. Um, that's what really drew drew me to the book. You know, I, I knew that it wasn't going to be a ton of work turning your writing into something that could be a real success. I think, you know, my favorite part about this process working with you has been, you know, I, I had this manuscript. It was kind of a, it was kind of an interesting scenario where I actually started this book before I pulled together the nine virtues of golf. The nine virtues of golf was kind of a, I had some time in the pandemic and I wanted to do a book and I had enough material and I kind of forced myself into, you know, doing it through a self-publishing, you know, adventure. Um, and, you know, in this one, I, I woke up on January 1st, 2020, thinking, oh, another great year ahead, right? <laughs> Little did we know. And I, I went out and walked uh, a few holes and my wife and daughter, she was two at the time. Uh, and Leon, my dog, beautiful sunset, you know, going on cold, crispy North Florida day. And I got back to the house and I, I might've had a glass of wine, who knows, but 
I wrote this little snippet about the day and, and what that was like. And I, and I went back and said, golf story, one out of 365. And I set myself on this challenge to try to write every day and, uh, you know, life and a pandemic kind of got in the way a little bit. We ended up with, I think we probably edited out of, you know, probably a collection of about 250 and narrowed, narrowed it down some, but, um, we had a lot to work with there. And, and what I realized in that year, again, a lot of it because of the pandemic, I just had more time and I had ability to not just an ability to reconnect with golf in a, in a very personal way, but the game really, um, it, it just saved me, man. It was a tough year. Um, I ended up, uh, you know, going through a, a pretty, you know, monumental career transition where that's a, a very nice way of saying, you know, my employment services were no longer needed uh, and uh, launched my own company. We, we lost a pregnancy in that year. Um, my father-in-law who lives in, at, had lived in Kabul, Afghanistan for 10 years, didn't get to come home for an entire year. It was a, just a lot going on, man. We were, we were processing a lot and, um, and golf was the outlet that, that really saved me, man. I, mean, I, I got to go in and just every day try to find some way to find the beauty in the world through the game of golf. And, and I think, you know, that's why I tried to pour into all those essays and hopefully that all comes across for everybody. Oh, you know, it absolutely does. And um, there's a there's a lightness to your book as well, um, where, you know, I, I, I kind of knew personally you were going through those things. But, you know, it, it, it's clear to you, clear to everyone that, you know, that reads your work, how, how much golf means to you. And, and but also like in a way that explains how how so many of us get so much out of the game, you know, how it's a, a form of of escape in a way but a form of meditation and also an opportunity for us to really concentrate actually on on ourselves um as people you know and and how we can become better um because golf is kind of a a microcosm of that you know how how we react to what happens to us on the golf course you know uh you know unfair uh outcomes lies you know that kind of thing and I think so much of that comes through the book as well. You know, like during the pandemic for me, golf also, you know, was a real saving grace because it felt like that was, life felt normal when I was playing golf, you know, and, and really nowhere else, you know, I, I would, I would forget for about two hours, maybe that, that we were in the middle of this pandemic and, and couldn't go do things and couldn't, you know, see family and, um, you know, everything that was happening in the world, you know, for, for about two hours or so, I, I would just literally forget. And that was such a, that was just such a, a nice break, you know, that felt like I could go back to the world, you know, and deal with everything I needed to deal with. Um, like I had that renewed energy to do that. Yeah, I, I agree. I, and that year, you know, I've, I've always had those feelings, but that year just amplified it. And, um, you know, to this day, it's like when I go on a golf course, my detachment from reality is so profound. Like I just, I, I can totally forget about everything. And, you know, my wife, I think that can be a challenge sometimes <laughs> and clients and everything else. But I mean, it, it, it's very real. Um, and, and, and it, golf just is this crazy game. It, it it provides us incredible structures to explore 
our own selves, our relationships with friends, families, overcoming adversity, rising to the occasion. I mean, it, it just, you name it. I mean, golf can kind of give you, like you said, this little microcosm um, that, that allows you to, to, you know, walk around these things that, that we need time to explore. I think my, my favorite piece and, and those listening, stay tuned. I'm going to, I'm going to read it at the end uh, after our, our conversation, but I think my favorite piece, and I'm glad you liked it. And, and, I, and I'm, I might've had kind of forgot about it. Had you not, you know, sort of put it back in my face, but is one about golf being a laboratory for the soul. Um, and it just, it just, that's what it is. I mean, for me, it's a place where you can go work on yourself. You can work on your relationships. You can work on your, your hopes and dreams and, you know, you're doing it while you're out doing something largely inconsequential, which is kind of nice. Yeah. And, you know, golf really brings people together too. You have another essay in there, which you, you know, talk about how we tend to let our guards down a little bit more when we're, um, you know, partaking in an activity like golf with, with someone, whether it's, you know, close friend or, or a family member or, or a complete stranger, really, you know, and, and golf is still one of those few places, at least, at least for me, where, you know, I, I could meet a complete stranger or, or three of them and spend hours with them, you know, doing, doing something, which is important, you know, having something else um, to kind of fill, fill some of that time, but, you know, to really actually get to know someone and, um, you know, understand another way of, you know, looking at life and, you know, and different things. And, you know, it, golf can be an escape, right? But it could be all these other things as well. Like, I think we learn so much about ourselves and about others um, just just from the, the social aspects of the game. Yeah, yeah. No, no better way to put it than that. You know, so for those um, who want to get a copy of my book or a copy of Jim Hartzell's book, um, it's back9press.com. That's back9press.com. Um, tell everybody a little bit about, you know, what the, the situation with our book is, uh, we're on pre-order right now. So what does that, what does that mean? You go in, you pre-order the book. What's that going to mean for you? Yeah. Um, pre-order is a huge help, you know, especially for, for small presses who, you know, have to have to foot a pretty hefty bill at the beginning to get the book printed. Right. You know, we, we want to print a lot of copies and, um, pre-press also, you know, it helps with pre-order to, to understand, you know, the, the reception of the book and, and to get the word out. Right. And, and word of mouth is really key, you know, for, you know, for listeners here who, who have been following you and, and, and your writing and, and your podcast, you know, um, pre-orders really help to kind of understand where, where the book is in terms of, um, you know, the publishing moment. Um, it helps us fund, um, the printing, but word of mouth is really huge. You know, it, you know, if listeners uh, have people who feel like what we've been talking about today really resonates, you know, it, it, it really helps to, to email a couple friends that you know that are, that are into golf or, or might be interested in golf books. Um, you know, it really, you know, pre-order is, is just another way of, of helping get the, get the word out while we work on the book. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, 
Like I said, it's a unique experience, um, you know, when you're working with someone like you who just has been a real pleasure to, you know, again, get to know through all these, you know, edits and late night texts and all kinds of things. And, but, you know, it feels like a partnership. And I, I think that's really cool. And, um, you know, I, I like to think I've got a, a cool relationship with a lot of my readers and, and listeners. Uh, I've been very blessed to, you know, make connections with people all over the world. And, um, you know, people who just get golf the way that, that, you know, we've sort of talked about and, um, you know, nothing would, um, bring me, uh, more pleasure than to see, uh, people talk about this book and help share it with friends. Um, that just, that's a tremendous help to what we're trying to do. And, um, like I said, I'm just, just, just blessed to be working with you, man. It's been a real, a real treat and, uh, a fun adventure so far. And, I'm excited for, for what comes next. I think, you know, it's important to also mention, you talked about kind of the details in the book and the way we produced it, but uh, we've got some really cool illustrations from my dear friend, Dave Baisden. Uh, Dave is just a world-class artist in general, but, you know, he chooses to focus on golf uh, to all of our benefit. Um, Dave has done a number of sketches for me over the years uh, that has, um, it's just been a, a great pleasure getting to know him and be, be friends with him. And, uh, he's got a number of really cool sketches based off of real life, you know, photos I took throughout the year, uh, which are pretty cool. And we've got a wonderful, you know, book designer who I think is, is pulling together, uh, some really cool ways of, of, of showcasing these little essays. You know, I, I call them love letters to the game of golf. Um, and I'm just, I'm just can't wait for everybody to see this finished product. Pretty, it's going to be pretty cool. Yeah, it's been a great book to work on. And, and, um, the, the design of the book is really bringing those essays to life. I'm really excited about that. And Dave's illustrations are, uh, out of this world as usual. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Um, well, Jim, uh, I guess another good question, maybe before we jump off, uh, you and I both got to get back to day jobs, but, uh, have you got your eye on some, on some next projects after you get done kicking me around for a while? I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to taking a vacation, honestly, <laughs> uh, at some point. Uh, but, uh, you know, for, uh, Northerners like myself, um, in, in States where we can't easily play golf in the months of. December, January, I mean, even March, um, you know, winter is a time where I, I feel like I have more time to, to work and, and, and devote to, to projects. And so, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about it. Um, I have a couple ideas, um, don't have anything, um, you know, under contract yet, but, you know, think, thinking about the next move, you know, I might, might go to, to reprinting some, some classic books in a, in a updated, you know, kind of modern design. Um, might, might be looking into exploring some other spaces. So um, just taking it one book at a time right now, honestly, and, and, and learning a lot. And um, yeah, we'll, you know, we'll see what comes uh, around December, January. Well, uh, I'm excited for all that. I've got a feeling you and I are going to work on more projects in the future. Uh, delighted with the way uh, Jim's book, uh, The Secret Home of Golf has turned out. It's, I mean, it's a true page turner. Like you said, it's a uh, a, a wonderful read about something that is uh, kind of a monumental project in modern golf. Um, talking about Sweetens Cove, and uh, and if you enjoy reading about golf and you like short reads and have a short attention span and like losing yourself in it, I think you're also going to like uh, 
reading uh, swing, walk, repeat observations from a lifelong golf obsession, um, and, which is out now for pre-order folks. So uh, tell them where they can find it, Jim. That's at uh, www.back9press with the number nine, back9press.com. My friend, thanks for everything. Thanks for all your hard work on uh, this labor of love. Uh, cannot wait to see it uh, in hand soon. And uh, thanks for everybody who's already pre-ordered. And uh, thanks for listening. Uh, this is this is you know something we we've put a lot of energy to, and can't wait to get feedback from others. Yeah, thanks, Jay. I'm sure I'll be uh, texting you about the book in about 30 minutes. So. <laughs> Talk All to right, you soon. Jim. Take care, brother. I appreciate you. Hey, friends, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Jim uh, about Back Nine Press and, of course, my new book, Swing, Walk, Repeat. I thought it would be fun to give you a little bonus listening this week. Um, I think I mentioned it in our conversation, but uh, if you want to get a taste of what my new book, Swing, Walk, Repeat, is all about, you can listen for the next few minutes because I'm going to read a couple of quick uh, excerpts. Again, these are examples of some of the what I like to call love letters to the game of golf uh, that make up the book. So uh, here's one that I call Thankful for the Game. Golf has given me so much in my life. The most important of these gifts has been time. Time for reflection, time for consideration, time to contemplate this world and my small place in it. In the quiet moments I've been gifted through golf, I think about the things I've done right and the things I've done wrong. I wonder which of my lived experiences have shaped those outcomes. During the day, I try to listen to others, and later in the evening, while on the course, I aim to listen to my conscience. The golf course is where I sort things out. It's where I talk to friends about life and speak with God about what comes after it. It's how I reconcile my actions with my beliefs both of which are changed by what I find in myself while playing this game. I seek out time for golf for many reasons, but above all else, it's so that I can find ways to be a better man. We all need places to do this kind of work, especially when there is so much room for improvement. Golf is that for me. With each step, swing, chip, and putt, I am working on so much more than my game. The man that leaves the course is never the same as the one who arrived just a few hours earlier. It's where I build the change I want to see in my life. Golf is a laboratory for my soul. Here's another one that I like. Um, for those of you who pay close attention to my Instagram feeds and other musings, you probably recognize uh, the name Leon. That's my labradoodle. We spend a lot of time together on the golf course, and here's a few words that I wrote about our relationship. This is called Dogs and Golf. My Labradoodle Leon and I make a good pair for many reasons, one of which is that we can easily enjoy the solitude of an empty golf course. Our best times together occur in the hours just before sundown, while walking over golf holes we know by heart. We both have our favorite footpaths that we prefer to traverse, but those divergent routes lead to similar experiences. In this, our favorite routine, 
We both get to let our guard down and escape our regular burdens. I enjoy the walk because I get to connect with both nature and my deepest thoughts. He enjoys the walk for the opportunity to explore vast lands while unencumbered by leash or fence. The stroll does us both a whole world of good. For years, we would walk around town with this variety of exercise. That was until I joined the club and began testing the boundaries of acceptance for dogs on the property. Fortunately for both of us, the club doesn't care about us enjoying the course together. So for the past few years, we've made this ritual our habit. It's during our walks together that we've come to know each other better than ever before. There's no way to hide who you are on a golf course, and even if you could, a dog would sniff out the truth. Leon and I share in a most enjoyable existence while walking over these hills together. Over those many adventures, we've grown quite close, and I can't help but feel that golf has helped us better understand one another. I suppose that's the point of the game, though. That being just one of the many things I've learned about life and golf from a dog. I think I'll keep him and hope he'll keep me. We'll just, we just work well together, and golf is a good reminder of that. This last one I'm going to read you is called Why We Go. Uh, and again, it's another example of one of those love letters that I, I love to write to the game of golf. And again, I take you back, you know, in the middle of a pandemic in 2020, um, I wrote these almost uh, every day for a year. And um, they just, they gave me a great sense of purpose in a year where it was kind of hard to find some. So uh, here's why we go. A golf course is a place of refuge, a retreat, if you will. The places in which we play this game are far more than just grassy plains with obstacles scattered about. They are grounds fashioned for the enjoyment of life and contemplation of what our role might be in it. The golf course is intended to be a friendly confine for sorting through the theories we form for the world. It's devised to help us remember why we are here. The holes we play are helpful tools for discovering who we are through the exploration of self. It's a good location to let go. The golf course is somewhere we can be vulnerable while still feeling safe. It's one of our few venues where we can both be released from our burdens and grounded in our reality. To feel those conflicts simultaneously is to know the boundaries of our existence. We come with clubs in tow and play a game across these fields, which give us some room to wander. It's in the space between our swings that we are most mindful and appreciative of all that we've been given. To traverse these lands through our sporting habits is to be at peace. We go to the course for so much more than golf. Finally, I'll give you this one uh, to leave you with. Um, a few thoughts about you know reflecting on my childhood and growing up in the game of golf. This is called A Boy in Summer. When I was a young lad, summer meant long days on the golf course. From the first light of day until the moon appeared in the evening sky, I could be found with my friends playing our favorite game. The walks were extensive and matches seemed never-ending. We only took breaks to have a swim in the pool or enjoy a candy bar and a Coke in the clubhouse porch. Those days were magic and I missed them dearly. Now, as I'm older and 
bound by many commitments, my summer days are filled with different things. And yet, golf hasn't stopped pulling me into the sunshine. I find my time on the course after work or on weekends, still chasing my passion through the humidity and high temperatures of the season. Of all the things I love about the game, my favorite may just be how it makes me feel like a kid. Whether I'm playing a few holes with my dog at dusk or walking with friends on a warm Saturday morning, I'm reminded of the joys I experienced in my adolescence. The breaks I take now tend to include different beverages, and if I go to the pool, it's with my young family. That old magic hasn't left me, though. Golf fills my spirit, and it makes me smile, just like it did when I was a boy in summer. Hey, thanks for listening to those. I hope you enjoyed that bonus uh, session here at the end of this episode of Mid-Am Crisis. Uh, as I've stated many times, I hope you will go uh, and pre-order the book. We're hoping to get that to you uh, before the end of the year, just in time for the holidays. I think it'll make a great gift for any golf lover in your life. And um, I can't thank you enough for all your continued support. It really does mean the world to me. And this book is probably the biggest labor of love I've ever undertaken. And so uh, for those of you who love golf and enjoy those words, uh, I hope you'll go buy a copy, uh, pre-order your copy of Swing Walk Repeat. Again, that's available at back9press.com. Thanks for listening into the show, and I look forward to having more conversations with you about the book and all things golf very, very soon. Take care, my friends.